My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Spondalust, a podcast about the emotional side of money, why our actions aren't always as good as our intentions and what, if anything, we can do about it. I'm Martha Lawton. And I'm Alex Lemon. And we're your hosts. In today's show, we're going to talk about why managing your money is a key part of self-care. And why overspending and underspending can both be bad for your peace of mind. Hey, Alex. Hello. How are you feeling? I'm all right. I'm a little bit frazzly. I could do with some self-care. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> yes. Whereas I am feeling quite cared for at the moment oh. and quite at peace, which is really nice. Oh, yeah. Any particular reason? Uh... I had a slightly difficult conversation with my husband this morning and we resolved something that has been preying on my mind for the last few days and now we're in a much happier place. Oh. So I have taken care of my own emotional needs by oh. having a conversation with my husband that needed to happen. Oh. So yeah, good oh. self-care. That is good self-care, which is topical. It is. For us today. It I mean, is. Or life in general, to be honest. Yes, I think it's a concept that you and I talk about quite a lot yes. um, as friends, apart as well as just podcast hosts. I think I even know about it as a concept because of you. Oh, really? And possibly your sister, yeah. <laughs> yes. Introduced it to my well. Ah, oh, that's that's yeah. nice to think I, I can be sharing the self-care <laughs> Sharing love. the self-caring. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's something that for me has been hugely powerful to have in my life because at various times I've had periods of being quite depressed. Mm. And the thing that pulled me out of uh, the most recent bout of depression and, and led to me feeling like I can cope in future and I'm much less likely to ever sink that low again is actually understanding self-care and being able to understand how to treat myself better as a preventative measure and stops me from falling down that kind of downward spiral that people get into when they're when they're getting depressed. So I really wanted to talk about how that relates to money because they're two concepts that people often don't put together. Mm, yeah. Um, but I think, first of all, we need to kind of define what self-care is because some people who are listening to this will have heard of the idea. Some people may not. Yes. So 
It's uh, also kind of one of those terms that's gets it's kind of mm. becoming banded around quite a bit. And um, and I guess, you know, anyone can have their own definition of it. Um, but it it's still, you know, we want to kind of refine it a bit in terms of what we're talking about today. Absolutely. We want to make sure that everyone's on the same page with with this discussion, but also because I think it, it gets misdefined as well to a certain extent. And that leaves out one of the big, most important aspects of, of what self-care is and what it looks like. So... Do you know the origin? Do you know where it came from? Um, no, I don't. Other than you. Other than me. Okay, so about about six years ago, I think, on a walk somewhere in the Surrey countryside, <laughs> Martha invented the concept of self-care and told me about it, is what I think. Okay, um, and that writes out of history. <laughs> um, a group of people who get written out of history a lot. So uh, self-care originated with um, queer black women activists in the 70s and 80s who found that they were being asked to attend everybody else's protests and be involved supporting everybody else's activism, but they weren't getting that reciprocated. And they found they were burning out. Um, And so they said, as the group of people who are expected to give to everyone else and who are also facing the most combined discrimination, treating ourselves as deserving of love and care and taking time to care for ourselves instead of caring constantly for everyone else around us is a revolutionary act. Mm. Um, And they originated this idea of um, preventing burnout by doing nice things for yourself and caring for your own needs. Mm. And it's essentially an inversion of the golden rule. It's treating yourself as well as you treat others. Mm. Um, from that activist origin, it's been adopted by psychologists because there are other groups of people who tend not to treat themselves well, often because they've been taught that they don't deserve to feel good and don't deserve to be treated well, and that'll be... Um, I've already mentioned people with depression, but it can also be people who survived some kind of abuse or trauma, um, often feel really terrible about themselves and and they don't feel able to um, or deserving of of love and care for themselves. Mm. Um, But it can actually apply to really anybody who is dealing with the ups and downs of life and and even quite low-key stresses and, um, and strains of kind of everyday situations if you want to manage those stresses in a healthy way, self-care is really the way to do that. Mm. It's also a thing about um, stress. Like, a, I think we can kind of write stress off as, oh, I'm not stressed at the moment because you're not being like massively pressured at work or you're not doing 17 hobbies in you know, one mm-hmm. evening of the week or whatever it is. But like, I think you're thinking of, of stress kind of systemically, like on how your system has to cope with things as a whole mm-hmm. as well. Like, you know, you can... It, it, you can be putting yourself through a lot without always recognising it. Yeah. Um, and, that, you know, everyone gets a bit worn out. Um, so, you know, yeah. self-care can apply to everyone. And Yeah, classically a group of people who could really use better self-care are parents and carers. People who spend a lot of time with someone who's who's completely dependent on them and put a lot of attention and energy into the well-being of that one other person or that other group of people then can end up really neglecting their own well-being. And that is um, then leads to poor self-care or a lack of self-care. Um, and actually, the way to then 
help that person or support that person is to tell them that they need to treat themselves, as I said, as well as they would treat that other dependent person. And sometimes good self-care is described as treating yourself the way that a loving, kind of firm but fair parent would treat a small child. Mm. Um, so it, it is an interesting idea. In practice, people kind of get, oh, okay, I kind of get that, but what does that actually look like? Mm. And it's actually easier to define what it looks like by looking at what happens when it goes wrong and people aren't taking care of themselves. Because mm. I think I think people kind of associate, um, you know, they kind of have a concept of self-care as of... Um, I've been really busy, therefore, today I'm just going to sit in my pyjamas all day and watch watch some telly. Um, but there is kind of a lot more to it than that. And, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I see uh, references to self-care online often as being, oh, I've bought this uh, swanky pampering product. Mm. Hashtag self-care. <laughs> and, you know, nothing against some some swanky pampering product but but that is almost co-opting the idea of self-care to sell beauty things yeah. rather when, than actually when has our society not done <laughs> well exactly exactly but actually there's a lot more to it than mm. that and i i think there's a a really key side to self-care which is um the the sort of flip of the sitting in your pajamas watching netflix or the buying yourself something nice mm. beauty products which is actually sometimes about doing something that in the short term is uncomfortable or, or difficult, um, but that removes from your life a source of stress or pain or anger and irritation. Um, and that can be a type of self-care as well. Mm. So let's, uh, let's look at, well, like I said, what I think are the two kind of main types of self-care fails mm. for want of a better word mm. <laughs> poor self-care um the first type is is the one that um i guess you're referring to when we talk about the the duvet days and the and the pampering and that's self-denial if you are just not having enough fun in your life and you're not having enough pleasure in your life and you're denying yourself everything because you're too busy looking after other people or too busy working um or life is too hard and it feels self-indulgent to have a good time in any way that's self-denial. That's a kind of um, poor self-care. But then there's an other flipped side, which I think of as being a kind of self-neglect, which is not doing um, things that are in some ways sort of routine life maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, and they can be things like housework, personal hygiene, um, having difficult conversations with your spouse or your family or your colleagues or whatever, um, you know, um, leaving undone that which needs to be done um, in a way that over time is going to accumulate problems for you. Um, and managing money effectively can play into both of those types of self-care. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of you no. Know, when you set it out like that, it's kind of it. It's it's so inherently part of both of those things. Mm. I mean, the, the um, you know, denying yourself, not having fun, kind of self care fail. It's it's a very easy to thing to do around money. Um, you know, not spending it and not doing the things that you enjoy because you're worried about spending it. Um, and then the self neglect of um, 
you know, just not getting on with your financial admin. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, but, it, and, and you know, forgiving yourself is one of the first acts of emotional self-care. Mm. Right? Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's the not getting on with your financial admin and then there's the, um, I guess, kind of willful blindness mm. of overspending that can happen mm. where, I mean, I find this is this has been one of the things that I have have done in the past where, you know, you know that you don't really have that much money. You know that your financial circumstances are not that great. You feel kind of down. You feel kind of down about your finances amongst other things. Um, and because you just feel down, you feel a real driving need to cheer yourself up. And the things that you can think of to do to cheer yourself up involve spending money. Mm. and so in that moment you say to yourself even though you've got that slightly sick guilty shameful oh god this is making this worse feeling you still decide to spend that money on this one thing mm. because you just need that lift right here right now mm. or you think you do mm. but actually if you understand that that can be you're actually driving your own misery by that. You're not taking care of yourself by spending in that way. Um, you're actually compounding your own misery. You can see it as actually this is a kind of that self-neglect or, or self, almost self-harm. Yeah. Rather than cheering yourself up. Because you're, because you're pulling yourself into two parts, the part of you that knows that this is not a good idea and feels bad, and the part of you that is ignoring that and telling yourself to go ahead and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. If you think of the part of you that's ignoring it and going ahead and doing it anyway, that part of you doesn't wish you well. Yeah. It wants the thing, mm -hmm. but it's not acting in your best interests. Mm. It seems to be about like balancing the conversation between those two parts and like mm. they're kind of two sides of the same coin and you need to keep that coin sort of standing on its edge mm. Um, mm. In, a, in a way. Yeah, like the, you know, not knowing where you are, not controlling where you are is actually, you know, while thinking that I'm just going to get this thing because it's nice and I'll feel good about it is actually neglecting yourself. Yes. Um, yes. Because you're denying what are quite important emotions. Yes. And denial of emotions is where all sorts of trouble comes along. Yeah. And it often comes about people, people who end up in that overspending mentality often have this idea of managing money as something they should do because it's grown up and that's what sensible people do. Mm. And then they simultaneously feel guilty for not doing it they feel ashamed of themselves because they're not being that grown-up sensible yeah. person but they also push back on it because who wants to be a grown-up who wants to be sensible i'm creative i'm fun i'm not that grown-up sensible person push back guilt you know anger and if instead of seeing um controlling your spending and and um not pushing yourself into the guilt and misery and shame of debt um if instead of seeing that as being living up to that external image of yourself as a grown-up sensible person, if instead you say, I deserve not to have that stress. Mm. I'm not living up to somebody else's external idea of what a grown-up should do by managing my money. Instead, I am protecting myself and being kind to myself by taking away this source of guilt and shame. Yeah. That approach of saying, not getting this thing mm. right now is an act of kindness that is me yeah. protecting myself yeah. from future pain. I really think that's a facet that's not 
you know, obviously because probably because that doesn't involve us buying things from companies that want to sell us things. Um, but that aspect of of what truly is self care is really not vocalized or not mm. exemplified very much. We you don't really acknowledge that that yeah. yeah that there is this whole part of you know not doing not mm-hmm. getting the thing or or being organized of doing. Of you know that actually self care isn't all about checking out of doing things. It's actually about doing some particular things that need to be done. Yes. Um, yes. Because once you've done them, you can go. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, within this area of you know being the active of self care. It might be the active of, you mentioned doing your financial admin, it might be the activeness of getting some advice over something that you can't figure out by yourself. Um, it might be the the active act of, of having a conversation with a friend who always wants to go out somewhere really expensive whenever you meet up and you just can't really afford to keep going to those expensive places. Mm. Um, it, it might be... Um, like I said, you know, sitting down and and really figuring out where your spending is going and and what you can really afford, and making a, a, a plan for yourself mm. about how you're going to do things better. But instead of seeing that, like I said, as being you trying to live up to some external idea of how adults behave around money, seeing it as I am going to protect myself from a bad financial situation because I deserve not to end up indebted, being chased by bailiffs and and having a horrible time. Mm. So we were going to look at um, self-care through the prisms of overspending and underspending. That's right. So let's Um, talk about the underspenders. Yes. Yeah, I I would probably class myself more in this. I mean, I definitely go through moments of being like, to hell with it, I'm just going to buy the expensive dinner. (laughs) And then going, oh God, why should I do that? Um, but um, I would, in general, probably classify myself as a as um, an underspender mm-hmm. in the self care fail department. <laughs> yeah, a bit too, bit, bit, uh, a bit, yeah, a bit of a denier, self denier. Uh-huh. You know, thinking that's going to make me feel better, but actually, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Work. Yeah. So, as somebody who experiences that tendency, could you tell us a bit more about where you think that? In in general terms, not necessarily just for you, but where do you think that comes from? Like, how do people end up ending up being too denying um, like that? Well, I think there's a kind of, I think there can be a feeling of, um, like you know, you're winning <laughs> if you're oh. not spending. You know, kind of like a, um, well, I'm being good because I'm not, I'm not getting that thing or I'm not doing that thing mm-hmm. or well, I don't really have the money anyway. So, um, yeah, I think there's a kind, a kind of, um. The sort of loose aim around not spending that means that you know you're you're good. You're, I'm a good girl if I don't spend it on that. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and yeah. that yeah. That also that that enjoying things is self indulgent. You mm-hmm. know, and like if you're um mm. yeah that yeah that the kind of you don't deserve to to have the nice things because have you really earned them mm. especially like you know working freelance maybe i literally haven't earned it <laughs> this month that that i can't do that but um but then you know i just get into a state of uh, being quite bored 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And being like, life is just drudgery. And passing me by. <laughs> yeah. well, it's really what interesting that life? you said that there's a, a sense of you're winning and you're being, a, you're being good. Yeah. Because with the overspending side, part of the driver for that can be feeling like a rebel. Mm. Um, like spending money you don't have is somehow rebelling against somebody or something. Right. Um, yes, yes, I'm never been much of a rebel well no I, I have but just in different ways yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 I think that's that's the thing is ultimately you know is your you're you're rebelling to what purpose mm. right how is this rebelling actually affecting anybody else yeah other than you it's kind of interesting when you say purpose there because like what is the purpose of why I I act that way and if I think what is the purpose I am just sitting here going actually do not know though it is it is where it the the feels like this sort of general atmosphere around me of the purpose of why I'm doing it and you know denying myself not spending on things is the good thing to do because then I'll keep my money for later but when I really think about what is the purpose of me doing that there is nothing right it's for a future that doesn't really exist right because there's nothing in the future that I'm going to spend it on either because I'll probably just deny myself then. It's kind of, when I think about the purpose of it, it kind of falls apart a bit. Mm. Mm. Well, and in the same way, you know, with the overspending side, what's the purpose of this overspending? I mean, sort of in theory, it's to feel better, but in practice, it makes you feel worse. Mm. So, and like I said, you know, if you feel like you're rebelling, Nobody else, other than you, is affected by your overspending. Mm. You know, if anything, other people are probably mostly benefiting from it. You know, the credit card company is going to make interest on you, and mm. the shops are going to make money out of whatever you've bought, or the restaurants, or whatever. Mm. Um, and and therefore, you know, it's other other people are actually benefiting from this supposed rebellion, and you're actually hurting yourself. Mm. So. Um, yeah, there is there is no purpose on either side, and that's a part of why these are not good self care. Because good self care is using your money with purpose mm. to make yeah. yourself feel better. Because there is a point, you know, which spending money or not spending money in certain, you know, certain context circumstances are both good things mm. depending on what the situation is. Yeah. Um. And that, but there is a point at which you've done enough of that, mm. and mm. It, then it goes into being harmful possibly destructive yeah um upsetting rather annoying you know some, yeah. some color of that well um, so it's you know where finding that point yeah uh, some people who are underspending even go as far as you know they end up underspending on things that are really really important for for your health Really, so somebody can end up underspending to the point where they're not going to the dentist when their teeth hurt. They're um, not getting optical checkups mm. um, and giving themselves headaches from looking at, at, you know, paperwork where where they're where they can't see properly or mm. watching TV with getting eye strain, mm. um, and you know, or sleeping on a really uncomfortable bed or you know there's there's often things that come about Mm. from failure to spend yeah that have kind of real practical implications for Mm. your your health and and in in that long-term way so because if you get into it habitually then you are you know it's quite easy to Mm. slip into doing it to the point that even what are essential needs become 
frivolous inverted commas, you yeah. know, because yeah. it, you know, it, it can, you know, start with social life stuff like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to that thing or maybe I won't go to that, you know, because things cost money. I'm not going to have that dinner. I won't mm-hmm. go to those drinks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to join that club mm-hmm. um, because money. And then it starts you, once you've got into a habit of, of cutting yourself off from things, you know, because social life isn't necessarily frivolous. It's actually very Indeed. important. Um, and yeah, and then you kind of scale back into it, it affects much more fundamental things because it becomes such a habit. Yeah. So ultimately what we're saying really here is you need a Goldilocks budget. (laughs) (laughs) You need need something that's not too tight and not too loose. Mm. Um, What that's going to be is going to be really about you and your circumstances. And of course, there are some people who are in just really straightened financial circumstances and will have to make really hard choices. And and we know that. Um, But if you are in a position of... Um, having some discretionary money to spend, then thinking a bit about which way you tend to lean on this scale mm. um, and how you can manage your money in, in a way that works better for you so that you are, as I said, doing it from a place of caring for yourself and, and your well-being on the grounds not just that it's sort of the right thing to do, but also that it leaves you stronger, not just to face the world and to manage any stresses in there, but also to be there for the other people around you. I think that's the thing that we haven't really mentioned in self-care, but self-care is it's caring for yourself in order that you're strong for all the other things that you want in your life and all the other people in your life. Mm. You, If you fail at your own self-care, you can't be as good um, a parent or a colleague or a friend mm. as you are or a community leader, or whatever roles you take in in your life. Are there any sort of specific... So, so looking, you know, yeah. if I'm the underspender, are there any specific yeah. tips for underspenders and overspenders that might... Because, you know, thinking, acknowledging that, you know, finances are a part of self-care and what, what that entails and, like, seeing that behaviour in yourself, that's a good thing. Then when we've got to the stage of, like, okay, so how can I start unpicking this? Is there anything? So I think, I think if... Um, I think you have to watch out for the the feeling that you have when you're making a spending decision um and for an overspender it's watching out for that intuition getting in touch with your intuition that says i don't feel good about this um and and replacing that with a kindly voice that says you can buy this if you want to you, nobody's going to stop you but are you sure that this is the thing that's going to make you as happy as you... Is it actually going to make you happy? Mm. Um, And then for the underspenders, I think you have to remember that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. (laughs) (laughs) That it's it's no more frivolous for you to enjoy your money than than anybody else. Mm. That you have as much right to pleasure, as much right to comfort... Uh, as much right to have a social life and have fun as any other human being on this planet. Mm. And it's important not to burn out mm. by by being miserable. So spending a little bit more to to be kind to yourself actually is a form of um, keeping yourself strong. Mm. Mm. And, for, and for everyone sort of seeing those dull financial tasks, that act of getting back in control of things, of kind of doing a bit of, you know, 
jotting down of accounts kind of stuff mm. um, is part of that self-care. And, and kind of, I think in a way even re sort of rebranding it like that, you know, it, mm. it, it is a dull activity a lot of the time. We don't really want to do it. We don't want to do the boring stuff. But if you can kind of reframe it as mm. if I if I do this, I'm going to feel comfier and when it comes to asking those questions of should I really let myself have this thing or um, is this really going to make me happy mm. you know what play you've got in the system yeah you know financially to to is that a justified question I know the direction yeah um, well also and I think one of the biggest biggest things is to see managing your money as a thing you do for you mm not for anybody else. So you don't have to rebel against it because it's not a system that somebody else has put on you and you don't have to live up to it because it's not, there isn't anybody who's going to go out there and pat you on the head for for doing it right. You do it for you. Mm. And if you do it for you, then you can make those decisions much more effectively in either direction because it's, is this the right choice ultimately for me? Fun. Yes. Crackly black and white skin. <laughs> You've been listening to Squanderlust, a podcast about the emotional side of money. Your hosts were Martha Lawton and Alex Lemon. You can find us online at squanderlustpod.com, where we'll put links to show notes, books and articles we mention, and other interesting things. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or you have a story to tell about something you've heard here, get in touch through the website. If you enjoyed Squanderlust, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate us too. The more stars you give, the happier we get. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Squanderlust is sponsored by Wardour Studios in Fitzrovia, London, with production by David Smith, Charlie Brandon King and Alicia Cunningham. Our theme music is by Wardour Studios and graphic design by Jason Reed. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.